forces are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. And as you know, on the horizon, down at Churchill Downs, only weeks ahead will be the Breeders' Cup. So this is one of the most exciting weeks in handicapping for all of us people that like to watch and hopefully play the horses. Of course, I want to thank right out of the gate our sponsors from Woodbine. And so now it's like uh, the rubber meets the road because this is when the final, for the most part, preps and winning your end races are. There are some more races on Sunday. You'll probably want to tune in to two. Let's see if I can't get that list up to try to help you out with the uh, action that's coming down the road. Let's see. Tonight, with my friend Rich Ng, we're going to go to Belmont Park in Santa Anita. Of course, Rich covers a lot of the West Coast races. It's Santa Anita. It's the Santa Anita Sprint. Don't blink. They'll be gone. And then at Belmont Park, the Grade 1 Bell Dame, the Grade 2 Hill Prince for three-year-olds. That one on the grass. And for the baby boys, we're going to celebrate with the champagne. Got my man Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum on the grounds there at Lexington, Kentucky. And Marty's going to take us through uh, some of these really powerful races. Of course, uh, there's going to be pick threes and pick four. Uh, the pick four, $350,000 guaranteed. There's going to be Superfecta, Super High Five, you name it. Marty's going to take us seven, eight, nine, ten. Seven, the Thoroughbred Club of America, dashing six. The eighth, the First Lady. The ninth is the Breeders' Futurity. It was one of my favorite races. And then we ended up with a million-dollar baby, the Shadwell Turf Mile. All right, those are the races that are going to be coming up. Now, I I did tell you, stay tuned for Sunday. Uh, There's no less than... Six, winning your in, uh, starting with the Dixiana Bourbon, that's at Keeneland, and then three at Belmont, the Grade 1 Flower Bowl, the Frisette, and the Futurity, and then back at Keeneland, it's the Indian Summer Stakes and the Judmont Spinster, always a great race, and again, they too are win and you're in, so you've got great action all weekend long at the races, of course, with that great action to help you uh, cash some tickets is none other than the easy win forms at winningponies.com. Some recent winners all over the place. We'll start down at Cajun Country, Louisiana Downs. $1 Super 5 tw- paid $2,700. And deep in the heart of Texas at Lone Star, it was a $0.10 cent Super returning $2,053. Our friends in West Virginia at Mountaineer, it was a $1 super that paid just over two grand. And out at Santa Anita, six days ago, $1 super five, 1838 So go to Winning Ponies and pull down those easy win forms. And we hope to see you at the cashier's ticket window. 
Okay, let's see uh, some uh, news that's breaking. Again, uh, it seems like every week I'm, I'm making one of these announcements that uh, a uh, horse was really good at threes. Pedigree is too good to risk him, and he's going to be retired from racing. And this week on top, it's Taprit, uh, who's classic winner. What race did he win? Remember? the Belmont Stakes, and he's going to retire with Tappet at Gainesway Farm for a fee of what I think is very fair. Not that I got the money, but, you know, in, in breeding circles for a classic winner by Tappet, uh, 12500 coming in this next one. So, as you may recall, he was uh, trained by Todd Pletcher. Uh, he did win the One Mile Pulpit Stakes as a two-year-old, so he's a stakes winner at two and three. Now, he also... At, at three, set a new stakes record in the mile and the 16th, Lambeaume South at Tampa Bay Derby. That was a grade two. Smashed the field there by four and a half lengths. Of course, banged a line around like so many in the Kentucky Derby. Ended up running sixth and then a two-length score in the Belmont Stakes. So, Tapperit off to stud, not far from his daddy, Tap It. And uh, don't forget, he's got uh, pretty good uh, confirmation, too. He was a $1.2 million purchase. Not bad at all. All right, Tappert off to the gate, the uh, breeding shed, and going to follow him. But I believe he's going to race in the Breeders' Cup first would be West Coast. Now, he's a son of Flatter. All these horses go back to the AP Indy line. Uh, he won the uh, Traverse Stakes and the Pennsylvania Derby uh, last year. Uh, he's now four-year-old, uh, and it looks like he's, his racing days are pretty much going to be wound up after the Breeders' Cup. But, you know, like uh, Baffert said, this horse has been anywhere and is taken on the best runners in the country and beyond. He shipped him four times, west to east, and then to Dubai, and he ran a huge race every time. He's been first or second all but one start and has never been off the board while winning at five tracks. I think that's what you want to look for in a stallion, even beyond his excellent pedigree being a son of Flatter. Now, knock on wood and say a prayer. Uh, Corey Nakatani uh, looks like uh, some of the injuries uh, that he received when he was injured in a spill at Del Mar back in early August. Uh, we haven't heard from him. Well, we do know now he went, underwent surgeries on his neck and back <clears throat> just a few weeks ago. Actually, it was only about a week ago. And it looks like he faces a very lengthy recovery and uh, no expected date at all for him to return to the saddle. His son, uh, Matt, is uh, his agent. <clears throat> so two operations fused the vertebrae in his back and repaired a disc in his neck. God willing, if he wants to, if he can, I hope he can make it back. He's 47 years old, and we've seen so many talented older riders uh, taking some time off and coming back, and they've done great. Uh, certainly, Gary Stevens comes to mind first. How about this? Keeneland bans Indian Charlie. Indian Charlie newsletter from the grounds. I believe that uh, Ed Musselman, which is his real name, can probably get on the grounds, but he cannot <clears throat> distribute uh, his uh, rather humorous newsletter. Uh, of course, you can still get his newsletters online. He does take some jabs at people, but he also honors some people uh, that have done wonderful things or uh, who have passed away and people might not know about it. 
But uh, he's not shy of taking a shot at anybody. And it looked like he poked the big bear at Keeneland. So Keeneland and any of their associated facilities, uh, you know, the main grounds, the Rice Road Training Center, the Red Mile Horse Racing Center, the exclusive Thoroughbred Club, and the Thoroughbred Training Center will not be able to have newsletters distributed. And I don't think uh, Ed's going to be sneaking them in because they've made it uh, pretty serious that the next step, if they do find them, spreading them around that uh, the next step will be to call the police. All right, we had so much great racing last week, just as we are going to have this week. Let me see if I can't get to all the results before Josh drops me. And uh, he's telling me now I got four minutes, so let me sprint as fast as the Vosburg winner did and give you some results. Okay, we'll start out at Santa Anita. In the American Pharaoh, no doubt about this one, game winner, a son of candy ride, pretty much uh, lived up to his odds on odds, and he was second to the stretch, but then just toyed with him and pulled away. Guess what? Trained by Bob Baffert. Second spot, Gunmetal Gray, who bobbled at the start, but I'm not sure he was going to catch the winner anyhow. And third was Rowayton, a Jerry Hollendorfer. Trainee. Then later in the card at Santa Anita, we had the ninth race. This one for the girls, grade one chandelier, and the winner was Bellafina. Never in doubt. Set the pace, drifted a little bit when she hit the stretch and pulled away by six and a half with Flavian Pratt, her regular rider in the saddle. Interesting move. Trainer Simon Callahan took the blinkers off for this start. Second was Vibrance, and third was Brill. Then it was on to the 10th at Santa Anita, the Rodeo Drive, and this was a good race. It was Vasilika, the co-favorite, paid 520, that got up by a half a length. Really well-judged ride by Flavian Pratt was fourth, second, and first. Just got up by a half a length, overpaved, and in the third spot was the co-favorite Cambodia, who set all the pace in that race. And then it was an awesome race. That's right, awesome again. And the winner, well, it was Accelerate. Hopped at the start, was four wide, was three wide, didn't matter. Joel Rosario bringing the horse home for John Sadler. This horse has had nothing but 100-plus buyers. Who knows where the ceiling is for Accelerate. Second was West Coast. I told you he's going to be retired, but Baffert said coming into this race, he was only about 80% and just wanted to get a good race into him before the Breeders' Cup. Third at 57 to 1 was Isotherm. And now let's squeeze in the races from Belmont Park. Starting with the Speedy Vosberg, Imperial Hint, Never a doubt. Went off at one to five. The race was for place between uh, Mr. Crow and Silver Ride. Okay, then it was the Joe Hirsch Turf Classic. And the winner in there was Channel Maker, sent away at five to one. Jose Ortiz in the saddle for Bill Mott. Second spot was Robert Bruce, the favorite, coming out of the Arlington Million, given a little bit of a race by Chad Brown, and uh, chased, but had to settle for second. Sadler's Joy, always there, was in third. And then we had the Pilgrim, and the winner was 40 Under, a son of Uncle Mo, trained by Jeremiah Englehart, uh, got the job done. 
in uh, the uh, second spot was some like it hot brown, a delicious Kentucky dish. And uh, in the third spot was social paranoia. And let's see, the last race that I handicapped with my friend Eric Wing was the Jockey Club Gold Cup. And, uh, of course, everybody thought there's no way that Diversify uh, can lose this race. Well, he did. The winner, Discreet Lover. Well-judged ride, was fifth, was fourth, got up by a neck, just over Thundersnow, the Irish bred, uh, coming in from Great Britain, so he might stick around for the Breeders' Cup. And in the third spot, another horse uh, who was bred in Kentucky, but raced mostly across the pond, Mendelssohn, good-looking horse, ended up running in the third spot. Well, that's a look at what happened last week, now Let's take a look at our crystal ball and see if we can't get a hold of my friend Rich Ng from out there in Las Vegas. And we'll start off with the races at Belmont and hopefully one at Santa Anita. You are listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of my most requested guests from out in Las Vegas. Uh, He's a writer, he's an author, he's a handicapper, he's done radio, he's worked with the the big timers in TV, need I say more? Rich Ng back with us here on Winning Ponies. Richie, how you doing? Hey, real good, John, and I I tell you what, I appreciate you laying out that uh, the job description of things that uh, I have done. But I, I tell you what, with the advent of legal sports betting opening up in states, eventually coast to coast, 
I mean, more and more people are tapping me on the shoulder for some some thoughts and expertise on that too. So whole new avenues opening up with uh, sports wagering. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, you're in the right seat out there in Vegas. I mean, I know it's across the country, but you've been a place that uh, that's had it, I think, for over a decade now. So uh, you kind of got a head start on some of these other guys that are going to want to consult or be brought in by the uh, new entities that are going to have sports wagering. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been taking uh, sports betting since, uh, I guess, around the, the 1960s out here in Vegas. And I've been here for two decades now with uh, Sandy. Uh, you know my wife, Sandy, and so we've been here for 20 years, and I uh, just retired from the RJ, but I'm still staying extremely active, and uh, I always like uh, coming on with you, John. Well, you have to, you know, but what's great is, you know, you, you in, in one way, you know, you see the young kids coming in and doing some of this fancy stuff and wearing their cute little uh, pork pie hats and bow ties and stuff. But there is a place <laughs> for some of us old timers, believe it or not, because I, I found some hands reaching out to me, too. It's like, yeah, those other guys are cute, but you don't have a bad spiel either. And you have been doing it for 33 years. So, uh, you know, that yep. it comes into play in a positive way, too, Rich. There's no question about it. When people have uh, life experiences and work experiences like yourself and myself, uh, you know, we're, don't put us out the pasture yet. There, there's something we can offer to the table. <laughs> yeah, right. As long as I get my walker over to this computer, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm still That's running so up funny. the steps to get here, buddy. Don't you worry about it. Uh, but anyhow, exciting weekend. Uh, from coast to coast, and of course, as you know, in the middle, I'm going to have Marty McGee on later in the show to cover the Keeneland races. Just amazing cards, and I, you know, whether or not you're a vertical or horizontal better, uh, it, it's going to be a wonderful weekend for sure. And I asked you to tackle some of the East Coast races because I realize mm-hmm. that uh, handicapping has nothing to do with where you are physically. Uh, you, you go where the good races are, and there's a slew of them at Belmont Park, uh, starting with the Grade One, four hundred thousand dollar bell dame it's a mile and an eighth and uh really interesting cast of characters here uh several of that have uh squared off before and one that if you can just throw out our last race i've always been a big fan of feral I guess because I'm a fan of mm-hmm. Wayne Catalano. And I think if you can just put a line through the personal ensign, of course, that line starts with Abel Tasman any late. Um, it, you know, she's going to be dangerous. And then there's this uh, new girl on the block, uh, a Chilean bred daughter of looking at Lucky called Wow Cat. She's coming out of the same race, but where Farrell lost by 19 and a half, she lost by 10 again. Not too bad against the top two that I named, but the, the rest of the cast has to be considered too. Rich, did you find any sleepers in here or a horse you like to key on? Well, you know, one thing that's going to make this race even more important is the fact that the two horses you mentioned, Abel Tasman and Elate, uh, Elate is now on the sidelines, will not make the Breeders' Cup, and Abel Tasman ran dead last in just a miserable effort out at Santa Anita last yeah. weekend. and. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens to her. Bob Baffert said she should be able to make the Breeders' Cup this tap, but that was not exactly a good prep race for, for any horse, much less a, a, a horse like Abel Tasman. So it kind of opens up the division, and you want to take a look at what horses can do in a spot like this. Um, but, you know, the thing that kind of stuck out to me when I first take a look at the eight-horse field is, you know, there's a lot of speed. Uh, Farrell, her best races are when she's able to get to the lead and when she's, 
you know, not pestered by somebody. But unfortunately, there's a couple of horses that look like they could pester her on the front end. One of them is the four horse come dancing. has got some speed. Also, the uh, number three horse, Divine Miss Gray. And, you know, you know, sometimes the speed duel isn't measured by how fast you're going. But if you're running by yourself or with others around you, if the race sets up for, say, stalkers, closers, then uh, Wildcat to six. Uh, has been highly regarded, but really hasn't uh, come through with a big speed figure yet. Maybe third time uh, is the charm in the U.S. for the Chad Brown horse. But there's a couple of horses that I think are prices that I think should be considered. Uh, one of them is the number five horse, Verve's Tail, for Barkley Tag. I think uh, she should be able to get a pretty nice trip, you know, sitting mid-pack, maybe five, six, seven lengths off. If the uh, speed starts to back up, she'll be in a good spot. And another one is a 12-to-1 shot. I know your listeners are like that. I go to the rail horse, number one, Dream Call. This is another dead leg closer, Joel Rosario, who loves to ride comfortable behind horses. I wouldn't be surprised to be 12, 15 lengths off the lead, but then starts flying uh, around the far turn. And, and who knows, if the pace is fast enough, contested enough, you know this might be a big upsetter too. So those are a couple of bombs that uh, you might throw in the full, the uh, five verse tail and the one dream call with some of the logical contenders. All right, we're talking with Rich Ng, and he's helping us with the races from Belmont Park this Saturday. Again, there will be good races on Sunday at both Belmont and Keeneland. Okay, let's move on to the ninth, the Hill Prince. These are for three-year-olds that didn't blossom early in the season, get, didn't get on the Triple Crown Trail, and have also shown that perhaps their future is on the turf. Uh, and you've got uh, Ride a Comet coming in off a win in the Del Mar Derby, Mark Cassie. Uh, trains and then you've got the the horse that's uh, hardly taken a bad step his entire career and that's the french bread raising bull uh that comes in here five starts four wins and a second well i, I have to give you kind of a, a a funny line about why there's a horse that i'm going to be rooting for like heck on saturdays because i'm in a horse racing uh fantasy league with a lot of people from around the country and a lot of well-known people and uh, believe it or not I'm leading the league with yeah. three weeks to go and the reason was because I was lucky enough to pick Justify as uh, my first draft pick uh, nice. going back into the uh, <laughs> into the spring <laughs> so winning the triple crown really helped but the horse that I own that I'm going to be rooting for is the three Raging Bull and uh, no secret uh, six to five and he's from the Chad Brown barn who seems to have Turf horses uh, blossoming in his garden like so many dandelions. It's amazing how many great turf horses that he has. And his only problem is trying to keep them separated so he doesn't have uh, four or five of them in the same spot. But uh, he's got Raging Bull who, who looks really good. And uh, and uh, his main competitor looks like to be the eight Ride a Comet, a horse uh, I saw run a big race at uh, Del Mar last time out. I really liked him in that spot and got a juicy five to one. He won't be five to one on Saturday, but this horse has a lot of talent and uh, looks to be the main the main uh, foe for uh, for a raging bull. All right, that was the Hill Prince on the grass for three year olds. Let's move on to the baby boys at Belmont, a legendary race, the Grade One Champagne. They'll be going a mile, of course, at Belmont Park. That kind of you know appears on screen as a six furlong race. Uh, you've got obviously. It, a lot of unknowns in here and a lot of potential talent. Uh, you know, Trophy Chaser just went 
bonkers. That was a golf stream. Uh, Junior Alvarado will get the call in here. And uh, Call Paul, I think, is going to get some good backing as the grade two stakes winner, I believe, the only one in the field. The other ones are just coming off impressive maiden wins. Yeah, you know what's interesting as far as looking at this field from a from a from a distance, John, is the fact that you know we've seen uh, the way two year olds are raced changing dramatically over the last uh, you know ten years or so. Because going into a race like the Champagne, say in the the nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties, you would see horses that have already run two, three, four, five times. Yeah. Now I'm looking at horses; seven of them are coming out of a maiden special weight race. And running in the uh, in a grade one champagne, it's so different compared to, to what we used to see years ago, John. But um, you know, a lot of it is the people are just trying to be more patient with young horses, giving them a chance to, in quote, develop emotionally and physically. And uh, still, some of these horses are going to move on and do some big things, not only this fall but hopefully next spring uh, on the Triple Crown Trail. Uh, that man, Chad Brown, he's got the morning line favorite, the four complexity who ran a huge race and was no secret at 4-5 to five in the debut. Uh, Jose Ortiz, the Ortiz brothers, always seem to get their choice of the big mounts in New York. Uh, it should be awful tough. And uh, another Chad Brown is going toward the outside of the nine. Aurelius Maximus uh, is 6-1. to one. I was kind of shocked to see 6-1 to one on the morning line with Joel Rosario up, but uh, this horse is super alive also by a pioneer of the Nile who uh, ran second in the Kentucky Derby for uh, Bob Baffert in his year. So the short certainly has the pedigree to go around two turns. But this is a, this is a wild scrum because you have so many horses with so little experience for showing uh, talent right off the bat. Well, this is going to be an awful hard one in your exotics, I could say that, because, like I said, a lot of these horses just break in their maiden, uh, did it in, you know, nice style. And, of course, uh, the bloodlines in these horses and their connections, uh, they're all shooting for it. Of course, all the races we're talking about are winning your in, so it's, uh, it's on to uh, Churchill after Saturday. Okay, one uh, that... Uh, you might be a little bit closer to because I know that you always uh, track these West Coast big races very close uh, would be the Santa Anita Sprint winning your in. Looks like another showdown between Roy H. and Ransom the Moon. I know it's kind of disappointing there's only five horses in the field you know in a grade one uh, first 300,000 but you know the depth of the division is not out here and and, uh, nobody really uh, was looking to, to shift from the east to, to take on horses like Ransom the Moon and 4-H, so it sure looks like they're going to have a, another set-down again. Um, you know, as far as the trainers, you got Phil D'Amato, uh, Mike Mitchell's uh, uh, former assistant. Uh, he's done a fantastic job the last few years. He's got Ransom the Moon ready, and 4-H uh, was, uh, I believe, last year's champion. Peter Miller trained. Peter Miller's been having an unbelievable year. I'm, I'm sure you and your listeners have been so, uh, this horse, uh, three out of five wins at Santa Anita, and uh, it was second in the Bing Crosby, two ransom on the moon. But he's, he's got all that it would take to, to turn the tables around in a race like this. Yeah, and let's not forget he parlayed that Bing Crosby into a Breeders' Cup sprint win last year. I'm talking about Roy H. Well, Riching, as always, been great talking to you. Okay, good luck in your uh, your contest, man. I'm glad you're on top, and uh, keep me appraised uh, at the end of the contest. I want to get an email from you, all right? 
before I sign out, I'll let you folks know I have three horses running this weekend. They are uh, Raging Bull, uh, Disco Partner, and uh, also uh, uh, have a horse in the turf race uh, at Belmont on Sunday, and I'm forgetting her name. Oh, Four Star four star Crook for uh, Chad Brown. If those three go three for three, you'll be hearing me scream from, from 2,000 miles away. And you'll be getting my request for a loan, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. All right, that was Rich Ng from his home out in Las Vegas. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with one of my favorite people, one of the most respected in the business, and an Eclipse Award winner to boot. That would be none other than Marty McGee. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of the hardest working guys in horse racing and one of the most respected. I told you, you've reached the peak when you've won an Eclipse Award, and we're talking with Eclipse Award winning writer Marty McGee. Marty, how are you? John, good to be with you, buddy. All right, well, May, you are going to have a busy weekend. In addition to the great races that we're going to look at uh, winning your in on Saturday, uh, you're not going to get a real chance to kick back and relax because following that up, uh, you've got the winning your in uh, Dixiana, uh, the winning your in Indian Summer, and a race that I always loved, the grade one Judmont Spinster. So you're going to be a busy boy this weekend, Marty. Yeah, thankfully I've got some help with uh, Nicole Russo and, and Byron King. So for some reason, you know, I remember John maybe handling all this myself. 20 years ago, 
<laughs> it's really expanded to the point where you know we got to double and triple team this this kind of stuff. It's really uh, it's some major stuff going on, and with Twitter and DRF Live and everything else, uh, it takes a lot of hands to to get this stuff going. Yeah, I, I don't know if people realize. I remember the day when, uh, you know, everybody watched the race, do an interview and, and head up to the press box and nail out their story, maybe have a couple brews and go home at 8 o'clock at night. Now, you've you got to Twitter changes, track conditions. If something happens during the day, uh, you've got winning and losing interviews. Uh Somebody's posting the video. Somebody else is posting the photos. I mean, people don't realize that they, while you've got one assignment, you're really doing like four jobs. It's kind of crazy these days. It is. But you know what? Everybody's question is when you go through the crowd, who do you like? Who's going to win? That's all you get. I mean, they don't, they don't care about the other stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to just do a job here. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Marty, they they know you're a good handicapper, and uh, you know I, I've seen you tickle the keys on a few mutual machines myself. I've also seen you walk out with your wallet a little bit thicker than it was when you walked in. So if I see, you, I'm going to ask you who you like, whether you like it or not. So I'm going to ask yeah, you who you yeah, like at Keeneland yeah, this week. Yeah, but remember the time I asked you if I could borrow fifty dollars, John, when I left. Uh, no, I don't remember that day, and I'm the best guy to borrow money from, Marty, so I'm expecting that 50 the next time I see it. Now, this is on air, and it's being recorded, okay? It's going to be played yeah, throughout the Keeneland Press Box. kind of kidding, but yeah, kind of kidding, but go ahead. No. <laughs> but no, yeah, let's face it, Marty, you know. There's a lot worse jobs than what we're doing. I mean, I know we're asked to do three times as much as we used to, but if you if you love the game and you want to stay in it, you do what you got to do, and you do what you do well. And uh, you know, thank you. And people, you know, remember you as you know back in just like handicapping days. You know, Marty McKee's uh, picks and in, in different venues, so they are going to stop you and ask you who you like. But uh, yeah, the, the, it's a great demand. Well, first of all, paint a broad brush picture of Keeneland. I see that uh, DRF is involved with them on on several different levels now. They've kind of increased their uh, partnership with Keeneland. You may not be involved in it personally, but I just been getting press releases from Keeneland saying how. DRF's stepping up their partnership with them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, Kingland has a, a kiosk or a big booth whereby um, fan participation is encouraged, and we at DRF are, are going to have some personnel there uh, helping the people who come up and say, you know, how do I do this? What's a superfecta? What's a pick four and all that? So uh, you can never have too much fan education, in my opinion, and uh, we at DRF are, are happy to, uh, to partner with Keelan in terms of uh, furthering that fan education. Oh, that's great, Marty. It really is. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, weather outlook for Keelan this weekend? Well, it's kind of hit or miss, John. We, you know, we've had a lot of rain here in the uh, local areas, uh, especially a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they're talking about hit or miss in terms of thunder showers, but it's, it is going to be humid. It's going to be hot. It's going to be mid-80s Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, so let's just cross our fingers and hope that we don't have one of those horrible uh, rainstorms that, that makes uh, for conditions that would be really difficult. 
All right. Well, I'll I'll be in this situation too. So I certainly will be uh, is stopping off and lighting a few candles on my way to the track. Well, uh, you just got a fantastic card on both days, but we're going to concentrate on Saturday. Uh, starting with uh, a, a sprint race, the Thoroughbred Club of America. It's a Grade Two, quarter million dollars on the line. Uh, I'll just uh, point out a few things, and then you chime in on all the things I forgot, as you always do. Uh, you've got uh, Money Mike Smith going to be there to ride uh, Miss Sunset, uh, coming off a minor stakes win at Del Mar. Of course, uh, Source loves the distance. Five starts, four wins in a second for over a quarter million dollars. Then you got Awestruck, who Rusty Arnold's decide, hey, your best game sprinting. Let's get back there. Also, Awestruck absolutely loves Keeneland, and Brian Hernandez Jr. knows how to ride it. Then you got a three-year-old filly taking on her elders. Happy like a fool. Very interesting horse. I love anything from the West Ward Barn. Uh, broke its maiden at Keeneland. Liked it enough to bring it over to England. Was just beaten in a 23-horse Queen Mary stakes. And you know how dangerous Ward is at Keeneland. Horse hasn't been out since May, but has fired two bullets at Keeneland. And then you've got the uh, ever-consistent Golden Mischief. Of course, Florence Giroux always does well at Keeneland. Those are just uh, a couple storylines that came to my mind. Uh, anything you want to add that I missed or uh, co-sign uh, that I saw? Well, Miss Sunset got here Wednesday, John, from California. She, unlike the two Bob Baffert fillies who are going to probably the likely favorites, early favorites for the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint, those being Marley's Freedom and Dream Tree, they are going to stay out west and train toward the race, as is Selcourt um, for John Sadler. So that's three of the favorites for this. Breeders' Cup race, the division, the Philly Mare Sprint division. Uh, what we have here is Miss Sunset, who has run well at Keeneland on, in both of her prior starts. One was when she won the Raven Run last fall against three-year-old Phillies, and then she barely got beat in yeah. grade one Madison in the spring. So you got to think that Jeff Bondy has really set her up well for this. He told, uh, told us at Keeneland uh, this morning that, uh, he was intent on running her in both this race and the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. Seems like she's really set up well by that uh, Labor Day victory at Del Mar. She's got to be the favorite in there. And then you have the horses you mentioned. Also, Chalon, who was second uh, to Miss Sunset last uh, fall in the Raven Run. She is back. I talked to Arno Delacour this morning. He's really happy with the way she's trained. I've got the TCA, the Thoroughbred Club of America, picked a three nine, and uh, three nine and eight, with uh, Curlin's approval in from Florida for Happy Alter. She's in with a chance. Three nine eight for me in the Thoroughbred Club of America. All right, we're talking with Marty McGee. He'll be covering the races down at Keeneland for Racing's Bible, the daily racing form. And uh, now we move on. To the first lady, it's a grade one, $400,000. They'll be going a mile on a, the turf. And uh, this race, as I, as I look at it, Marty, I'm having a hard time separating the contenders from the pretenders. Well, it's all Chad Brown to me. I, I think I've got Chad picked one, two, three in my picks in the racing form. John, I've got off limit to Really going to be able to rally, I think, off a hot pace in here for Chad um, with 
a raving beauty, another Chad horse, and Quadura, another Chad horse. You know, he has made a habit. He did it in the Beverly D uh, at Arlington in August. He's done it. Uh, he did it last year in the, uh, I think, uh, maybe it was in the spring, in the Jenny Wiley. Chad swept the trifecta. I think it's very possible that he could go one, two, three also in the first lady. The other contenders are Dona Bruja, who has to run better than she did in the Beverly D uh, for Nacho Correas, and then La Sardine, a Team Valor horse for Neil Drysdale. She's a real quality filly, too. So uh, otherwise, I think it's just all Chad here in the first lady. Yeah, I mean, how do you explain this guy, Marty? I mean, uh, you know, I guess different trainers at different times ascend to the top, but it just seems like Chad Brown, anything he touches turns to gold. I don't know what it is. I've, I've had a veteran jocks agent. He's been in the game for more than 40 years. Just He talks to me a lot about it, and uh, he's based in New York, and he's well ensconced in a lot of these barns, and he says he, that Chad himself has changed the dynamic of training more than anybody he can ever remember. He, he's got horses that Clement and Mott and Pletcher all used to get, and uh, he's just attracted an incredible base of clients that has just kind of uh, rendered the game uh, to, to a different level. I don't don't know if it's good or bad. I'm not going to make that call. But uh, what Chad has done in, in being the champion trainer the last two years, in 16 and 17, and probably again this year in 18, uh, is just kind of revolutionized the, the, the sport. I've got to think that Every top owner in Europe that has a potential superstar has Chad Brown on speed dial. Because how many of these horses do you see that were racing in anywhere from Italy to Germany to England to Ireland that their, their next starts with Chad Brown and not somebody else in the U.S.? You know, he's got bird dogs out there, too, working for him, as, as far as I know. And, uh, ah. you know, again, it, it's just kind of... Um, success begets success, as you know. It's a, it's a circle. It, he's in front of the cameras all the time, and uh, in the racing form and everything else. And you know, in my, to my mind, in all my dealings, my personal dealings with Chad, he's been great. And uh, he's just a hardworking, competent, uh, talented individual. And uh, that's the kind of person that the the well-heeled uh, clientele uh, are, are wanting to, to deal with. I know. I mean, when I see him in the media, you know, he just strikes me as a guy that that I'd like. But he also strikes me as a guy that when he speaks about his horses, as massive as a stable is, this guy has to be one of the hardest working guys in the business. Well, a lot of those guys, Pletcher and Asmussen, they will amaze you when you ask about, you know, they've got 200 to 300 horses and they, they can immediately tell you all about that horse right away. So it's just, uh, there's a lot of time and effort involved. And, uh, you know, they clearly they have the acumen for, for doing what they do. It, it is amazing. But, yeah, right now it seems like it's uh, Chad Brown and one of the Ortiz brothers' worlds, and we're just handicapping in it. <laughs> But uh, anyhow, we're, we're talking with uh, award-winning writer Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum. We're going to catch our breath here for a minute. And when we come back, we're going to 
tackle a couple more races at Keeneland. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum. We're just kind of talking about the history of uh, what is now called the Claiborne Breeders Futurity. It's a grade one. And I'm not sure if the situation has changed. Uh, correct me, Marty. You know, futurities, weren't these horses kind of nominated when they were sold as yearlings uh, for hopes of being in the Futurity? Yeah, there was a way, you know, it, the deadline for nominating was way in advance of, and I think in the quarter horse game, John, it's pretty much the same. You got to do it, like you said, when they're fold or when they're, you know, a, a certain deadline, maybe uh, January 1st the, when they turn yearlings. So it's, uh, you know, it's a way to funnel a lot of the money into the, into the big purses that they're ultimately able to offer. But has that changed? Does does that still that style of nominating still still change? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. I I think it has changed. I think you just got to make. Uh, you know, I I don't ever read about or hear about. Do you about? You know, I nominated this foal or this yearling to a to a futurity. I think it's that they still call it that, but I think it's pretty much a standard stakes nomination uh, the way they do. You know, any other race. Right. Well, again, this this race certainly you know holds its place in history. Uh, first run in 1910, and of course uh, some of the uh, you know amazing horses that uh, 
that came out of this race, uh, the great Johnstown, how about Whirl Away, uh, Devil Diver, uh, then uh, moving through history, a horse that uh, was able to go along on the grass, great, the, the uh, legendary Round Table won this race, uh, you know, it's just, it's just packed with a with a who's who of uh, you know, horses that that took off after this race. Forty nine er won this race, uh, you know. And then in, in more more recent years, uh, uh, Carpe Diem, We Miss Artie, Classic Empire. Of course, they're all off to the stud barn now. But nonetheless, this race is always held its own in the history of racing. It's a mile and a sixteenth for a lot of horses back in those days. It was the first time they went around two turns, and uh, really, as you scan uh, this field, uh, there's there's only uh, a handful that have gone a mile or over. So that leaves the door open for an upsetter and also leaves the door open for a horse that's already shown that it doesn't mind going a little bit longer than the rest. They're two-year-olds. What do you think, Marty? Well, you know, like you said, John, it's kind of a crapshoot in terms of who can handle the distance and a couple of the contenders actually in this bulky field of 14 in the British fraternity, they are drawn way outside and they have not gone the two turns yet. I'm speaking about mind control, who is the lukewarm morning line favorite for Greg Sacco and, and John Bernetti's red Oak stable. Uh, he's coming off a victory in the seven furlong hopeful. And uh, he's going to be one of the favorites with Johnny Velasquez when breaking from post 13 in this mile and 16th race. And then I think one of the other favorites and a horse who's 10 to 1 on the morning line, I don't think he'll be that right alongside in post 14. Standard deviation trained by a guy named Chad Brown was uh, 2 to 5 first time out when winning easily at Saratoga. They've, there's been all kinds of whispers about this horse. He's the son of Curlin. Tons of upside for the Clarevich Stables, and uh, I think those two horses are contenders. I'm going to go closer to the inside, though, John, with a horse for Steve Asmussen, who adds blinkers after an okay race uh, on the grass at Woodbine. His name is Fluminense. Fluminense. (laughs) Easy uh, for you to say. Yeah, easy for me to say. So, I, you know, way, way, way wide open kind of race. Asmussen as we know, is, is perpetually hot. He won five stakes, count them, five stakes on the Rem- on the o- Oklahoma Derby undercard on Sunday night at Remington. Comes into this meet red hot. Same with Ricardo Santana Jr., his go-to jockey. I'm going with Fluminense in, uh, the, in the British Futurity race, 9 of 11 on Saturday at Keeneland. Wow. <laughs> 14. Boy, you know, Rich and I were just talking about a grade one with only five horses in it. It's so nice to see a 14-horse gate. And uh, as you know, that's good for handle and it's good for the odds. All right, Marty McGee with us. I'm going to ask him to tap out on one more race at Keeneland. It's uh, always been a good one, the Shadwell Turf Mile. Uh, This is going to be contested, hopefully, on the turf at Keeneland. And another one that's had to fill every gate that they can afford there uh, at, uh, at, at Keeneland. Uh, Marty, I'm not even going to start to talking about these horses. I'm going to leave it up to you because there's quite a few I've made some money on, and there's quite a few that have broken up my exactas over the last several months. Well, I mean, John, this is 
pretty much the definitive race of the meet. It's it's the richest race. It's a million dollars, but it's also, in my opinion, they're going to have a hard time exceeding uh, what they're what they're putting out here for the fans on Saturday with this full field of of turf milers, heart to heart. The $2 million earner for Brian Lynch, he is the lukewarm morning line favorite, but I think that coming off of a subpar effort in the four-star David Saratoga, he's quite vulnerable as the favorite. I'm going to turn to my man, Chad Brown. He's got a couple in here. He's got a three-year-old in Analyze It who kind of had a tough time, as we know, with Catholic Boy in a couple of races in the three-year-old ranks, but, but in a somewhat unusual move. Chad is moving him up against older horses. I think that analyzes him with a chance. And I think very much the horse to beat is his other horse, number 11, Al Menar, who was the runner-up behind another Chad horse in the Arlington Million uh, in August at Arlington. Uh, he's coming into this race in great shape. So I'm going to go with Al Menar over a horse who's been terrific for Mike Stenham on the East Coast, that being number six, Synchrony. And then analyze it third. So I've got an eleven six nine in a terrific, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. Just a sensational thirty third running in the Shadwell Turf Mile at at Keeneland on Saturday. Well, Marty, you've been nice enough to to give us, you know, kind of your top three picks and what numbers they are. Where can I find these in print? America's Turf Authority since eighteen ninety four. John, a daily racing form. It's available at a newsstand near you and or online at drf.com. All right. Well, my man, Marty McGee. And Marty, I told you I've got uh, previous commitments running a horse sale next weekend, so I'll miss you. But I'll probably see you up in the press box before the meet's over. And for sure, I'll, I'll see you down at the Breeders' Cup. Always love having you on the show. All right, buddy. It, it's an honor. I appreciate it. All right, that was Eclipse Award-winning writer Marty McGee uh, giving us uh, his selections. I also want to thank my friend Rich Ng out there in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, he gave us the selections at Belmont and one out at Santa Anita. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, great races Saturday and Sunday. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.